0: There is nothing worse than untapped potentials. If you know that you're made for more, this is the place. I know that every successful person I've ever met has one thing in common. They do not let themselves fall victim to their circumstances. They figure out a way to rise above it. So join me on this journey where I help you to be better, do better, and have better in life and in business. If you're feeling stuck and you're needing some practical tools, some hope to get you to that better life, this is definitely the place for you. Welcome to the Unstuck Podcast. I am your host, Michelle Weimi, and today, you guys, we get a chance to hear from Crystal Brooks, who is an expert in so many things. I would call her a mindset coach. I would call her a forgiveness coach. There's so many things, Crystal, that you bring to the table that I cannot wait for our audience to get a chance to get to know you better, to learn from you, and to really just gather hope that things can get better. So thank you so much for being here, and welcome to the show.
1: Thank you for having me. I appreciate it.
0: I would love to hear more about what it is that you do, how you show up in the world, like what lights your soul on fire?
1: Oh, okay. So again, I'm Crystal Brooks and I am a certified master of life, mindset coach, forgiveness coach, best-selling author. Um, And what sets me on fire is to help women find their voices and know that it's okay to share your story and we are not the only ones. So when I say I'm tapping into that area with ladies, that is what ignites me.
0: Oh my gosh. I love that so much. And I love the fact that you're not only encouraging other people to do that, but you're modeling that today by sharing your own story in hopes to help other people and inspire other people. And I love that. Tell me a little bit more about the clientele that you specifically help. Like what kind of troubles, frustrations, setbacks do they come to you with that you really love to help with?
1: So, the biggest thing I think, um, as far as women that come to me, honestly, yeah. um, they have lost their voice. They are super women who put a mask up. You know, they could be high level executives and they have yeah. always just been marching on, but they forget about themselves. So, they put other people first. So, I help them tap into saying no, yes. putting themselves first. And knowing that they are very important. And then they also have a story. So we know that this mask comes from somewhere. And so I help them tap into that. So I like to peel back the layers of what's going on. So those are the women that I help, the ones that are super women, but need to take that cape off.
0: Yes. Oh, my gosh. I love that. What a great analogy. And tell us a little bit more about your book.
1: So my book, When Silence is Misunderstood, Finding a Lifestyle of Abundance After Abuse. So I am sharing my journey of overcoming um, physical abuse, sexual abuse, mental abuse, and then the other side of that, which is finding the lifestyle of abundance. So for me, it's not about money. It's about peace, joy, and happiness. And so in the book, I'm sharing my journey of everything I've gone through. When I say it's a lot, (laughs) it's a lot, but I'm thankful that I'm strong enough to have a voice to share with other people so they can then feel that release to share. Because, you know, women, we don't yeah. share or we feel right. like we are the only ones that have gone through. And it's like, no, it's a it's a bunch of us out here, yeah. that we have to talk about it so we can release and find that peace.
0: Yes. Oh, my goodness. And I just love the just example that you give all of us, right? So here you are, this amazing author, this successful woman who helps other people, and yet you have your own story. You have the own, your own things that you've had to overcome and, and get through. And I would love for you, if you're willing, to kind of share with us some of those things that you had to overcome, because I think that it really does give us this beautiful insight into who you are and how much you truly understand the women that you're trying to help.
1: Yeah. So let me just say, thank God I don't look like what I've gone through. Okay. Because <laughs> the thing that I've gone through, <laughs> it's like, Lord. So- at the age of five, um, I was sexually abused by a family member inside of my home. Um, let's see. Fast forward in fourth grade, my dad was started physically abusing me. So from fourth grade up to my senior year, I had to literally fight my father. And my senior year, actually fought back. So I literally had to fight for my life. Um, ugh, I made wrong decisions, right? So I didn't love myself. And when you when you're in a space of when you're dealing with certain type of abuse or you know, you're trying to find love and seek that love. You tend to choose the wrong people. And so I didn't realize my self worth who I was, but I was a fixer. I knew that if I found love, quote unquote, I could fix them so they can love me. That's not how it works, right? right. And you have to love yourself before anyone will love you. And so fast. I mean, it's so many things. Um, I think the biggest piece for me, though, was the self, the low self-esteem. Not having that self-work and what that looks like, but then having that mask. So when I say that I talk to women about that mask or I know when someone is going through something, I'm yeah. very heightened on that because I went through all of it. Yeah. And I'm like, no, something else is going on. I need you to break that down. And every person that comes to me instantly starts to cry because I peel back that layer. Yeah. And so I, I'm i not just certified. You know, people are go get degrees right, and certified right. in certain yeah. things. No, I'm certified but I'm certified with life <laughs> and what has happened. And I'm Absolutely. able to speak to that, to the ladies.
0: So if you're willing and, and, you know, wanting to get vulnerable here, I would love for for you to help us by peeling back some of those layers for you and talk to us about what that felt like when you were in the space of not having that low self-esteem. And I'm really wanting to do this so that the women that are listening to this are be, are going to feel like, Oh my gosh, like I'm not alone. She knows exactly how I feel. So, describe a little bit about what you were going through in that space—the
1: space of not loving myself.
0: Yeah, mm-hmm. Ooh, the low self-worth. Okay. Yeah. What did that just like paint that picture to us?
1: So, the low self-worth for me was um, pouring from an empty cup, mm-hmm. meaning that I was trying to make sure everybody was okay. So, I will put myself to the back burner. So, example: if I needed something for me. I didn't know how to do that. So let's say the children or my spouse at the time would come to me or even friends. Mm -hmm. um, I would always pour into them and I'm encouraging and going, but deep down I'm losing my mind Mm -hmm. and I don't know how I'm going to make it to the next day, but I put on that face. Mm -hmm. And so it could be where I'm just secluding myself. Um, I may just want to be in the house all the time or I don't I know we had cell phones then, but not like the real social media, how we are on now. Right. Um, a lot of that, I just stayed to myself, but my friends didn't know because I am the strong friend. We all have that strong friend. Yeah. And I was in a dark space. And I know when I was in my twenties, I had a period of time where I felt my mind going. And I'm like, is this what happens when you go crazy? Mm-hmm. Because you start to do things that you, that you never would do. You start to act out. So I was making horrible decisions. And I was married at that time, you know, my first marriage, I was married, had kids. But I'm a let's be real, I didn't want my children at that time because I didn't know who I was.
0: Right. And
1: yeah. I'm like, what is this, where is this coming from? But I had to, you know, work and and figure that out. And I had to choose myself. So to the ladies that are suffering with that or may have a moment of, am I going crazy? You might be. <laughs> You, I mean, because you feel it. You actually feel it. But we have to embrace those feelings and actually do the work. But you do also have to speak up and not hold it in. So that journey for me, I kept a lot in because I was a strong friend. Growing up, nobody knew what happened to me. Mm -hmm. um, Because, again, I was that friend, right, who came to school. I smiled every day, still doing what I needed to do. But when I went home, it was a dark space. Mm -hmm. And that was tough. But I have friends now who read the book. And they're calling me to apologize. Wow. I'm like, okay, you don't have to apologize. <laughs> but they just felt bad because they didn't know the things that I went through. So I was good at masking that. Yeah. And so when I speak on, you know, the mask and then having the mental things that were going on with me. And back then I wasn't going to therapy. It was just, oh, mm-hmm. I'm just, yeah, I'll be fine. It'll pass. It's okay. Mm-hmm. But I was really going through.
0: Yeah. And I think like one of the things that I have experienced with my own journey of self-worth or lack of, I guess, is that people pleasing and like the mask that you're saying, like you look on the outside, like you have all of your stuff put together. Right. But on the inside, you're just hoping that nobody finds out. Nobody finds out that you're not as good as they think they are. Nobody finds out that you have these, these imperfections in your life that really like there's, we didn't Cause them some of the things you know that happened to us happened to us and yet we we take that on and we we don't want anybody to see the real us because if they see the real us then they're going to reject us and then we'll be alone and it's that fear of being alone I think that was really the the root of a lot of my people pleasing right is that rejection and that feeling of okay well what if I'm here and there's nobody around me
1: Exactly. And like you said, we do, we put on that front and it's Mm -hmm. like, okay, if I do this, they're going to love me. If I show up this way, they're going to love me. And then what happens? They still leave anyway. And it's like, well, what did I do? So now we start that journey of what's wrong with me? Why won't won't anyone love me? Mm -hmm. What is it about me? I felt that I had a sign on my forehead that was like, use me up. (laughs) <laughs> and go on about your way because that's, right. it was just a revolving door. And then this even goes to that perfectionism.
0: Mm-hmm. And
1: when we speak on that and it's like, you're always trying to do something for other people, right. making sure like it's this picture perfect. Okay. I'm going to show up today and I'm going to look back and see, do y'all see me? And they're like, we don't care, but we put so much into other people. And that go, let's go deeper. That goes into your happiness. We tend not to know what makes us happy because we are putting our happiness into other people. Right. So if, you know, Johnny says, hey, what do you want to do today? Whatever you want to do, Mm -hmm. then what happens? And if Johnny leaves, your happiness is gone with him.
0: Yes. It could be a
1: friend. Your happiness is gone with them because you haven't done the work to know what makes you happy. But that's not I don't think a lot of people know what makes them happy. Right. (laughs) When I ask that question. What yeah. makes you happy? They're like, my kids, my husband. Yes. I know. What makes you happy? Yes. So it's work yes. to be done.
0: And you're so right, right? Because when we use all of these things outside of us as proof of our worth, right? Yeah. Like everything is fleeting, the good and the bad, right? But what is here is our wholeness within ourselves. And I think that you know one of the things that I found, too, in my people-pleasing like, experience is that it was like I was doing things for other people. In order Mm -hmm. to feel love back. And so it was more of, and and this wasn't a conscious thing, honestly, until I look back on it. But it's like, okay, I was getting something from that, whether it be love, acceptance, whatever. But it was like I was doing it to get this in return. And I feel like once I got to this place of wholeness, it was like God allowed me to fill myself with the wholeness. And then I could serve other people from the overflow of that. Versus needing to fill my cup with other people. I could actually serve them from the overflowing of love and worth from, from my higher power. And that's when things changed. But gosh, like we look at the people pleasing and it's really just an effort to feel whole, to feel loved, to feel accepted ourselves. Is that something that you experienced as well?
1: Absolutely. All the time. Before I got to the space of, yeah, I don't care what other people think. I don't care yes. what they feel <laughs> because yes. my entire life mm-hmm. I have been that way and again it started at the age of 5. Yeah. Um you know just to go back a little bit when I was molested by the family member mm-hmm. that started for me the the place of silence.
0: Yeah. And
1: accepting anything that came in because I didn't want to hurt anyone. I didn't want anyone to um and the crazy thing is I didn't remember me being molested until I was older mm-hmm. I saw a picture and all the memories came flooding back mm-hmm. And I'm like what in the world but then it started to make sense on mm-hmm. why I did certain things that I did why I accepted certain things from people yeah and so I was just looking for something from the outside to Talk fulfill about that me. a
0: little bit because I think that and this is you guys that are listening like I'm not implying right that that you have had a traumatic sexual experience in the past that you don't remember. So please don't put, don't hear what I'm not saying. But I think that sometimes all of a sudden, like you said, these memories start flooding back and all of a sudden, all of these things start to make sense. So how would you describe those things that you look back now and you're like, oh my gosh, like that makes total sense now.
1: Yeah. So me, I was promiscuous um, Mm -hmm. at a younger age. And I'm, I didn't understand why I, even though, yes, I'm a strong friend, I was having fun, but I always wanted a boyfriend. I wanted Mm -hmm. someone there. And I'm like, girl, you are 12, 11. What, what is happening? But I needed that fulfillment and it never made sense to me. And even, you know, with my dad, I'm like, okay, well, my dad, I know he loved me, but my dad um, struggled with the drug addiction. Mm -hmm. And so you know, battling that. So between the sexual molestation, my dad physically abusing me, I am literally searching for love yeah. from men. Yeah. But how can a man, first of all, I'm a kid, <laughs> yeah, right? I was putting so much into these boys, but then I also wanted older boys. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, why do I want an older boy? The person who did that to me, they were older, right? My dad older. Yeah. And so I was for this father figure to protect me to, to, um, you know, make sure I was okay. But again, I'm 11, 12, these boys, 16, 17, are they really, I shouldn't even been talking to them. So when I look back, it just made sense on why at that time, that's who I wanted. That's who I gravitated to. And it was always something wrong with them though, but I fix her and I'm like, let me fix them because if I fix them, they're going to love me. And we're gonna be good. And what happened? I fixed them and they left. So I was left with emptiness. Yeah. And I put all of myself into them. So that's where it showed up for me. And it continued on as I, you know, got older yes. and dated and got married yes. at twenty. Yeah. <laughs>
0: And, you know, I just love how, you know, we can be so real, the two of us, right, mm-hmm. and get really raw. But I also love the fact that both of us can say, like, I mean, I'll be honest, you guys, I still slip up. Like, I still have negative self-talk that starts popping up, but I recognize it faster and I s- s- reframe it faster, right? So, so here again, like a reminder that it doesn't go away completely, but you learn tools that make you, like, get on it you know, so much faster so that you can get out of your own way. And I, I say get out of God's way, right? With all the things that He wants to do with do with us and for us and through us. And so one of the things that I loved what you said was like now I don't have to worry or I don't care as much about what everybody else thinks of me and all the things. Like tell us a little bit about how you would describe the way that you look at the world now. I would love to just kind of get this like snapshot of of the 2.0 version of Crystal.
1: So this version of me is, um, on a God filled faith walk. (laughs) Um, this version, I had to surrender to God and let him do what he, what he needed to do. So last year I left my job, my full-time job to pursue my nonprofit full-time. There was something else I was supposed to be doing in January. And God said, you're not doing that either. I said, Oh, okay. And so this version of me is literally letting God leave me. So mm-hmm. when those doubts come in, I'm like, okay, hold on. Like you just said, reframing those thoughts because it's not perfect. Like nobody is perfect and I don't want to be perfect. That life right. is not fun, right? Nope, nope,
0: <laughs> nope.
1: But having the, the knowledge now to know to reframe, the old crystal would have stayed in a negative, negative mindset. If things aren't going right, I'm going to stay in that space. Now I'm like, oh, okay, this is just a test. No worries. Yep. We gonna flip it because that thought comes in to make me doubt myself, to doubt my self worth. Yeah. Should I be walking into the rooms that I'm walking into? Mm-hmm. I'm not qualified, quote unquote, to yeah. be in certain places that I'm in. But God yeah. is like, I qualify you. Now, what if I let that negative self talk come in? I would shrink. So I'm used to being the background person. I'm used to being the person who pours into others. Yes, and you know, making sure you yep good (laughs) yeah and they're good and now god is like you're in the front row Mm -hmm. and i'm like okay let's go so that's the 2.0 crystal yeah crystal a few years ago mm -mm. i mean like me in the front me speaking and then also the old crystal would have allowed people's negativity Mm. to make me feel less than to yeah. take me back to a space that I thought I healed from. And I'm going to be honest, in January, I was literally in that space where I started questioning myself worth. And that will happen when we, when we claim that we're over something. Yep. It's going to be a test to test you to see if you're really over it.
0: Yes. Yes. <laughs> and then
1: you have to see are you going to pass that test? And I I literally found myself crying and I'm like, "Wait a minute. We have grown from this. What happened? I had to check my circle." And check who was around me to make sure that that energy is not in my space. And so that's also very important. So that 2.0 crystal takes less and cuts off if you are messing up my space.
0: I think that's so important that you address that. Because some of the people that I've been able to help over the years, I have noticed that when you are around an environment, people that completely tear you down Mm -hmm. to keep you where they want you to be. And they continue to... To train you essentially to put them first all the time and to sacrifice yourself for them and all the things like it really can take a toll on your self-worth, right? And so it's oftentimes hard to, you know, claw our way out of that when we're, our, our environment is literally suffocating us with that message. And I think that really recognizing the environment that we're in and, you know, this is something that came to me yesterday when I was praying and I just feel like I have to say it, that encouragement has the word courage inside of it. Yes. And I never noticed that before. It's like so oftentimes we have to try to get ourselves to have courage. Just have courage. You can do it, you know. Get over your fears. But I think that it's oftentimes not as a as parent how we have to allow ourselves to receive the encouragement around us in order to step into that courage.
1: Yes. I love that.
0: Yeah. And that's not for me. Like I just got that from praying, but, but I think that, that, that surrounding ourselves with the right people is what's going to allow us to step into that courageous space. Because I mean, I'd be honest, like I've heard myself inside saying, oh my gosh, I don't know if you have what it takes. (laughs) Like several (laughs) times, you know, and it's like, no, no, no. Like Who are you around? What are you, what are you surrounding yourself with? And it's crazy, crazy, how much that impacts exactly what it is that that we have going on inside of our heads when we're surrounded by people that are not encouraging us to step into that courage,
1: absolutely, and it's so important to ask God to remove the things or people that are not supposed to be there,
0: yeah, and you're gonna
1: see how quickly those people go, and it's like, wait, hold on time I'm. <laughs> <laughs> totally been there, but yes. But the good thing is, God will replace them yes. with people that are supposed to be in your life. And so the people that are going to encourage you, people that are going to push you to places that you never thought that you would go. Yeah, and you're like, oh, that's why. Okay, like it literally mm-hmm. all makes sense after the fact. Yes. But when you're going yes. through it, yes, you're like, hold on. Yeah. I don't like this. What is happening?
0: Totally. <laughs> and it, I think that like when when God does remove those people from our lives, the enemy can come in and say, Well, look at you. There's something wrong with you. That's why they're not here anymore. You know, and he plays these mind tricks on us, but really God is taking these people out of out of our circle in order, like you said, to make room for the people that are supposed to be there and to help us to, to grow and transition and to, to be on our journey and helping us to get where he's leading us. But it's hard to
1: that point. It's very hard. And also to that point, the people that were in your life cannot go where God is taking you. Mm. So while we're trying to hold on to those people, God is like, I need you to know that they have to go because where I'm going to elevate you to, they cannot be on that platform. And he will not allow them to go. But if you continue to hold on to those people, yeah. you're not going to elevate. Right. Because God has told you that they cannot go with you. So we right. do have to listen and, and have that discernment as well.
0: Yeah. And it's okay to to go through a grieving process, right? Of, of you know, there are people in my life that are very important. They're still going to be very important to me. But our relationship looks different. And there are days where I grieve that. I'm sad for it. But I also recognize that God is doing some things. And... I am having to trust him, and the thing that's been so crazy is that he has he's brought people into my life that that do encourage me, that do love me for for all of me I call it warts and all right like every every imperfection, and they still show up for some reason right but but that's that's the kind of that's the kind of space that we want to be in order to be able to start stepping into into where he's leading us and it's and it's hard sometimes, isn't it?
1: It's very hard, you know. Me giving and always I, I gave God my full yes, and giving yeah. Him your full yes mm-hmm. means He' going to blow some things up. <laughs> <laughs> you know, we people paint the picture of you give God your full yes, and everything is great, and it's not because He has to now take you through this process, through this journey. So yes. again, people, places, things it's all blown up, and this, this is the time where God is going to test you to see, hey, are you going to trust me? are mm-hmm. you going to trust me? Yeah. And your the moment's literally like, God, hold on. You <laughs> ain't
0: said it was going to be like this now. <laughs> I'm literally but in that season right now. Yes. Right. And it's like, that's just it. Like sometimes people think that when we're obedient, that everything is going to be like just running through a field of, of flowers. Right. And that's not what he promises us. What he promises is that he's going to be along with us through the thorns and the hills and the valleys and all the things. He doesn't promise us that it's going to be all easy. It's going to be what it is, but he's not going to leave us, and he will take us through that to get us to where he wants us to be.
1: You have to. You got to get rough around the edges a little bit, right? We can't just sail through. How are you going to help somebody else if you're sailing through? We right. couldn't be here talking if we're just sailing through. Because then right? people will look at us and say, "Oh, that was easy. Oh, that's how your life is." No. No. Let me tell you the real. God wants <laughs> us to show up as we are. Right? And mm-hmm. so that, let's go back to that perfectionism. We don't have to be perfect. No, God wants to get us to reach people that are not perfect and that can show and say, hey, God did this for me. This imperfect girl who went yes. through all these things of society, yeah. according to society, should not be where, where we right. are today. Right, And God is like, this is who I want. Yes. This is who, we are going to be the ones that are going to bring people back to God. Right, Not the perfect patties. Not Right,
0: right. When we show up in our imperfections, we actually get our allowing us to give him the glory even more because we can allow people to say, wow, like, wow, she, given all of her things have been able to get here. Okay, so I would love to give you an opportunity to tell us like, what are some of the tools that you have used over the years? Or the things that you help your clients do to get them from that old version of them to the new version of them. Or if they're stuck, like how do we get unstuck, Crystal? Like what are the things that you would love for us to start to think about or implement even today, after we listen to this?
1: Well, the biggest piece I would start with is dealing with unforgiveness. Mm. That is really, really big because there are things that we need to forgive ourselves for and other people. And I want to be very clear, forgiveness is For you, not for the other person. Once we are able to release that thing, those people that have hurt us, and including ourselves, for certain things that we've done to ourselves, because we know we have done, right? Right. Now you're able to start the healing journey. Okay. So I think that the and I do this with all of my clients because we we don't tend to talk about the forgiveness piece and the unforgiveness and what that looks like. And that does play into the perfectionism because when we don't forgive, let's say a person who has hurt us. Right We are trying to always prove to that person subconsciously that we are better than what they thought that you didn't ruin us, but what do you do when you're trying to do that? You're looking back, you're yeah. checking back. see me, mm-hmm. and you're not moving forward right because you're so tied to that person, so the first step is to to work on the healing of unforgiveness and identifying those things. Then we can go on to the healing portion of things right so let's say it may be some things that happened to you in your childhood whether yeah. it's some limiting beliefs that someone put on you whether it's your friends your family who may have told you certain things and so now in your adulthood life you are showing up as this unwhole person right we gotta dig into that so I am big on honestly the first step of let's identify those things what is holding you back who are the people that's holding you back? What do you need to forgive yourself for? I'm also big on journaling. So making sure that you write down your thoughts, right? I'm also big on gratitude. You need to start your day with gratitude. Write down three things every day that you are grateful for. And you will start to see things differently around you. So that's some of the things that I do yeah. with my clients. But I think a lot of them that come to me, honestly, is it's either happiness or forgiveness. Because they need yeah. to figure out what makes them happy. Yeah. And we dig into that. So it's like six different layers that we go through. And again, but we still have to identify what it is. So I'm big on identifying that thing. Because you can't fix it, but you won't face.
0: Right. And I mean, that's so fascinating because I never really thought about it. But you're right. Like so many of us don't really know deep down what makes us happy. And therefore, then what happens is is that we're constantly chasing different things to try to fill something that we don't even know what it is that we're filling. So it might be, you know, you mentioned kind of the high achievers or the the super women that you help, like that would be somebody like myself who keeps getting degrees and keeps getting promotions and keeps adding all the accolades thinking that some of them are finally going to make me feel happy and whole, right? So we're Mm -hmm. constantly searching for different things or doing the people pleasing so that the relationships make me feel happy. But again, it comes back to what makes me happy? What lights me up when I'm all by myself? Like what, what is it that, that just tells me that this is who I am and what I love to do. And that's really hard for some people.
1: It is because we never, who really talks about it? Because we do, we're chasing those things Mm -hmm. and you it makes you happy but when you're sitting at home you're like are you stressed because then you got to go study for this test you have to do this and do that and I'm not saying that certain things won't fulfill you like for me right I, I still love to help people that's yeah. my thing like I left my job y'all yeah I know
0: right I know. <laughs> the
1: time. I know and so but I get joy and happiness and peace from seeing especially my teenagers I'm getting to the teenagers now Versus waiting until, you know, we're in the 20s and 30s. I'm helping them to see things now. What makes you happy? Not tied to a little boy, not tied to your friends, but what makes you happy? What brings you joy? And I'm praying that that's going to help them as they get older. And so for us, you know, we're chasing that thing. We didn't have those things growing up. It was just you go to school, you get this, you keep going, going, going. Right. But what does make you happy? Right. And again, it is tough. But you're gonna to have to sit down and do the work.
0: <laughs> yes, I mean that's just it. People want instant answers, but there is there's a process that has that we all have to go through, right? To discover who it is that we are at our core. And oftentimes I think that the things that we go through in life is literally a journey back to ourselves. Like we're really discovering who God put us on this earth to be in the first place before it was corrupted by all of the things in this fallen world that take us off track. And it's like when we can discover who he made us to be and having our worth in him and really discovering that true joy and that peace and that um, happiness that you mentioned earlier I think that that is where Jesus was talking about heaven on earth is the peace, the joy and the happiness here as we, as we sit. And if you can help people do that as teenagers, like, gosh, that's amazing. And I want to just touch on the forgiveness thing real quick, because I think that's such a huge thing that a lot of us just blow over. Like, oh yeah, I know that
1: I should Mm -hmm. do that.
0: But I mean, you don't know what that person did to me.
1: (laughs) Right. Yeah. And I get it. Think about it. I went again, I went through everything. There are a lot of things I probably should not have forgiven people for, yeah. right? Then I know that I w- they would have still held me hostage. I am in the season and process of breaking chains, breaking generational curses. Yep. And you have to let it go. Now, when we say, oh, I know I should forgive them or I have, people do pretend to say they have forgiven that person. But if you were to see them in public, if your pressure goes up, yes, your eyes yes. are twitching, <laughs> you stressing and sweating.
0: Yep, yep, you have yep. not
1: forgiven yes. that person. But that also shows they still have power. Yes. So at what point are you going to release that? They have already taken and taken and taken from you mm-hmm. for years. That, that yes. act could have happened one time or multiple times. But now we're growing and now they are still a part of you. Mm-hmm. Let's release them. Now, it's not easy and you will never, ever, ever hear me say this is easy because for me to forgive, even my father, when I had to forgive him, he was on his deathbed, and I had to forgive him. And I didn't want it to be haunting me, right, from the grave. Like, okay, well, I didn't forgive him. What am I going to do? I can't be stressed about that. And I know, you know, as I got older and I realized, you know, this thing called life is hard. (laughs) It is very, very hard. And some people choose to. You know, choose alcohol, drugs, sex, whatever it is to cope. Mm-hmm. And as we get older and as we go through, it's like, hey, if you didn't get the help that you needed, I understand. Mm-hmm. And so now it puts me in a place of compassion, even right. though it hurt me. But now I have a bigger picture of seeing, OK, I understand. I don't let you off the hook, but I right. forgive you and I release that. So now I can heal now I can go on to help other people to know what it feels like to truly forgive, to truly heal, and then to help others.
0: Yeah. I like that. You know, it's almost like looking at the situation or that person from God's perspective, right? Instead of your own hurt
1: Mm -hmm. and
0: to really see them as the broken person also that has more compassion. But I mean, it's hard. And I think that, you know... I'm going to guess that the choice to forgive is probably not something that happens. And then one day it's like gone and you see that person at the grocery store and you're indifferent. Like it's probably something that over time it continues If you work on it intentionally that it just gradually happens. Or is it something that you've been able to help people like snap out of it?
1: It's a whole, it's a whole, I have actual whole coaching program on forgiveness. So when I say we have to do the work and like dig down, it's layers. Again, I'm big on layers, pulling them back. Yep. there Everything that we do is a journey. And so, like you said, some people just want to just instant success, instant, you know, forgiveness. That's not how it works. And then would you really understand that process if you didn't go through yeah. it, right? Yes. So yes. you want to go from A to Z in two days. No, it takes time. It took time for you to, to be who you are. Yeah. And so when you're doing the work, you're going to actually have to dig deeper. Yeah. And so when, when I, in my coaching program, just in general, we are, it, it's set up for 12 weeks, but I have people that's been in for six months because it's a lot of work <laughs> that yeah. has to be done, but it's so, so important. And it's questions that I ask, things that I give you that you may not even thought about.
0: Right. That's, that's like, is that?
1: Cause I had to go through it too. Yeah. Yes. You know, before the book and all of that and, you know, being certified in that, it's like, oh, let me try it. I'm like, dang, I thought I forgave. Wait a minute. (laughs) (laughs) You got to go deeper. So it's just deeper than I forgive you because it's not that simple. And we are human and we do look at things from our flesh. Now, if you want to go deeper, let's look at it. God has forgiven us for a lot of things. Mm. Some things we probably don't deserve forgiveness for. God is like, I forgive you. Right. But what... We hold on to it and We keep beating ourselves up over something that God has forgiven us for. Why do we do that? Right. Why do we do that?
0: It's it's almost like t- saying that his, his dying for us, like, eh, because, you know, right? you did that for me to forgive me, but I don't really forgive myself. So I guess that was just a waste of your time and your suffering, right? Like, if we look at it like that is that really how we want to look at it right and so it's like oh that that's smacks us right in the face sometimes doesn't it
1: it does it does I just want to be clear that forgiveness is for you yes. if not for the other person yes it's literally to release and that way you can really truly start to heal because yes. it's, it's a journey and I, I know I keep saying it but it really <laughs> really is a journey because some people feel like you know oh I can heal and I'm fine you're yeah. not. It yeah. has been years of of torture from yourself and if you've gone through something with other people and it could be yeah. something small that you forgive somebody for, right. but you're gonna continue to let them live rent free in your mind and in your heart.
0: Right. Right, right, right. You got to let that go. Oh, my gosh. And, you know, one of the things on the topic of forgiveness that has been impactful for me is a story that I heard about Nelson Mandela. And he was, you know, imprisoned for all those years. And somebody had asked him, like, how is it that you were able to forgive all of the people who did you wrong? And he said, ah, my sacred friends. And so anyone that had been a part of his journey, whether it be good or bad, especially the bad, he just called them sacred friends because those were the people that gave him the resiliency, the tools, they were part of his journey. And so, you know, allowing himself to say, ah, my sacred friends, like, I don't give you permission to do this again. I don't let you off the hook. But I'm no Mm -hmm. longer letting you, you know, live rent-free in my heart, in my mind. And I just think, like, I have to remind myself that a lot. I'm like, okay, ah, thank you, sacred friend, for being a part of my journey to help me become the person I am so I can help other people on their journey. And speaking of journey. You guys are going to have all the ways to connect with Crystal inside the show notes because isn't she freaking amazing? Like, I just love everything that you do, and you are a blessing for so many people. So you guys have to definitely check out the show notes. Crystal, is there anything that you haven't had a chance to touch on that you really want to make sure that you mention here?
1: Oh, well, first of all, just thank you again for having me on here. I definitely love this platform. Thank you for giving me the opportunity to speak today. Um, Anything that I haven't touched on, you all need to go purchase my book. I'm going to tell you why. I am the person who, um, I I need to read a book <laughs> that's going to keep me interested and engaged, right? Yeah. I can't do a boring book, but my book, <laughs> bestseller, is a bestseller for a reason. I ain't going to lie about that. Bestseller for a reason, because I'm actually, yes, I'm sharing my journey with you, but I'm also making you do the work in
0: mm-hmm. the book
1: as well. So there are lines in there for you to write. I'm going to ask you questions. We are healing together. We're on this journey together. So- my book can be purchased everywhere. Amazon, Books A Million, Barnes and Noble, my personal website, lymlegacy.com. dot com. Um And yeah, I mean, I have everything, coaching programs, the whole shebang. Like you can find out more about me everywhere, but I definitely appreciate you for having me on.
0: Oh my goodness. I love that. You guys make sure that you check her out and you know, if you haven't already, make sure that you leave a review, let Crystal know how impactful this episode was. It's always so much fun to hear from you guys and hear, you know, really how the words of my guests really speak to your heart. It's, it's my favorite thing. And so make sure that you leave a review, hit subscribe. If you haven't already, share this episode with the person who really needs to hear it and take a screenshot. Share it it on your stories. Let people know that this is an episode that they need to check out. And one of the things, Crystal, that I do before I leave all of my episodes is ask the guests to propose a question for the audience to think about that's going to help move them from where they are to where they want to be. So what kind of question would you have people start to think about that's going to move them forward?
1: Okay. Since we're on forgiveness for me, I want to ask you all, what is that thing that you need to forgive yourself for? Mm. That's good. I want you to write it down. Oh, and write and it down. Like, do it. the
0: homework, people. Like, there's a reason that she wants you to write it down. Like, there's something with our mind and our body that happens when we do that. So don't skimp on that that part of her question. So, all right, you guys. Well, thank you so much for listening, Crystal. Thank you so much for being here. I will see you guys all next week, same time, same place. Thanks so much for listening to the Unsuck Podcast. Bye, everybody. Bye. Thank you so much for listening to the Untuck Podcast. I am so grateful to be on this journey with you. And don't forget to check out the show notes if you want to get into my private club, The Better Club, to be able to learn better ways to be better, do better, and have better. So until next time, keep showing up. Let's get unstuck together. Have a great day.